0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. One element of the political fight over student loans concerns that the federal government might make a profit from college students. That concern is probably misplaced, according to Cato's Neil McCluskey. We spoke last week about why the feds haven't turned a profit on student loans and probably never will. How student lending has occurred has changed uh, pretty dramatically over the last uh, 10, 15 years or so. What has changed? And uh, feel free to crow about this. What did you predict at the time was going to happen with these changes?
1: Well, I mean, uh, student loans have changed in many ways. We did change from what was the old FFEL program, which was basically you would go to some ostensibly private lender and you would get something called a federal loan. Um, And uh, people thought, well, I'm getting this from a bank or some other lender. Uh, What's important to understand is, yes, they would go to capital markets to get their money, but they were 100 percent guaranteed profits. By the federal government. So if borrowers defaulted or if they had certain fees or things that were being charged, the federal government made sure all that got paid. So FFEL was kind of maybe slightly more like, you know, private lending, but not really it was really federal lending. A lot of people make the get confused about that, and they say, okay, well, what happened in 2010 was that President Obama, with Congress, by the way, um, moved all federal lending to called direct lending. Direct lending actually started in the 90s, where some loans came directly out of the federal treasury, some federal loans. Now, all the loans come from the federal treasury directly, so they kind of cut out those middlemen of lenders and bankers. And what we'd been hearing then for a long time, actually, regardless of whether it's FFEL or direct lending, was people like Senator Warren from Massachusetts saying it's outrageous that the federal government is profiting off of student loans, profiting off of people who want to go to college. Now, for a long time, people were saying the projections of a profit are wrong because the usually it was the Congressional Budget Office uses one way of accounting that is basically pretty rosy about the risk of loans not being repaid. A lot of people are saying, well, you need to use fair value accounting, which does a better job of assessing the dangers of loans not being repaid. And the federal government gives basically anybody who wants it a student loan with very minimal academic qualifications. So that's why you see roughly half of people who enter college often with loans, they don't finish, they don't get a degree, and they don't get additional earnings over their lifetime to pay it off. Well, so people were saying, look, you're not making a profit on these things, even though you say you are. Well, what has happened is uh, about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the G- uh, Government Accountability Office, the GAO, put out a report saying, you know what, it turns out we're really not going to see a profit on student loans. So the U.S. Department of Education was saying that over, was, I think, a 25-year horizon, the federal government would make about $114 billion in profit off of direct loans. Well, turns out that was a little rosy. And actually, they were about $311 billion off on the negative side. And now the GAO is saying, actually, what's most likely is that taxpayers uh, will be in the hole about $200 billion because lots of these loans will not be paid off. And there were some of us who were saying for a long time, there's not going to be a profit. For taxpayers on these loans. They are going to end up paying for somebody else to pay to go to college so that person can make
0: a big profit and the taxpayers lose. Uh, And that's what we're seeing in this report. So when Elizabeth Warren was making claims about or expressing concern about the federal government earning a profit, that seems tailor-made to be a path forward to some sort of massive student loan forgiveness.
1: Right. So, uh, I mean, it was sort of a moral argument. uh, And she has certainly been arguing for the last few years, we have to have mass student loan cancellation. What she is calling for... Is sort of across the board cancellation of up to fifty thousand dollars in student loans for anybody who has them, uh, depending on you know whether she's talking. Senator Schumer's also supporting this. Depending, it could be in different audiences. But sometimes they talk about an income cap, but sometimes they don't. Um, but even that income cap is usually pretty high. Uh, President Biden is talking about doing $10,000 of loan forgiveness across the board and saying, well, but we'd cap it at households with $300,000 in income. Well, if you look at that, that is way within basically the top 5% or so of households. In other words, just about everybody would get money. And part of it is premised on this idea that Well, the federal government was sort of taking advantage of people, taking advantage of borrowers in order to make a whole lot of extra money. Well, obviously they haven't done that, uh, but we're still hearing the calls for cancellation. Importantly, to sort of bring this long-term view into the short term, one of the major reasons that we're gonna see a huge deficit for the federal government is since March, 2020, The federal government has had a freeze on people repaying their student loans. The original concern was COVID-19 was going to lead to a whole bunch of lockdowns and the economy would take a big hit. And that was not unreasonable because government was telling everybody to stay home. Businesses were shuttered. And we did see a, a Major drop in economic activity during the lockdowns, but then we saw about a quarter later, uh, an economic quarter, a major rebound. So the the argument for this freeze, the justification, has long since gone. You say probably no later than the end of twenty twenty, it should have gone away. But we presidents, starting with Trump continued through Biden, have kept setting dates where they say, okay, now you're going to have to repay. And then when we get to those dates, they say, no, no, there's some reason we can't do it. COVID uh, inflation has been cited as a reason not to have people repay their loans. Um, There there was just a, a congressman that said, well, with monkeypox, we shouldn't have people start to repay their loans. And you're starting to think, you know what, this isn't really based in Rational concerns about whether or not people are able to repay. It seems to be that we have a president and a Congress that cannot make a decision about whether they want to cancel loans or not. Now, the president doesn't really have the power to do that, but many in Congress are saying, sure, the president could just do this unilaterally. There's no way I don't think you could get a majority in Congress to vote to cancel these loans. So, what we're stuck in is this sort of permafrost where we keep saying, okay, eventually you're going to have to repay, but when we get close to the date to do it, we're going to say don't. The current date that people are supposed to return repayment is August 31st, and uh, just uh, recently the president said, or the U.S. Department of Education said, to the people they contract with to service those loans, don't don't send notices out. That people will need to repay, which means we're almost certainly going to see this can kick down the road again. Um, The president said he'd make a decision about cancellation sometime in the end of August. We haven't seen that. But regardless, the taxpayers are getting clobbered. And the GAO says, based on this freeze alone, taxpayers have lost over $100 billion. And that doesn't include the current freeze we're in, which was from May to the end of
0: August. How should we think about the uh, benefits of the education that presumably many young people would not have undertaken if loans had been available to them.
1: Yeah. Well, so the vast majority of the benefit of higher education accrues to the person who gets the degree. Um there, you can see uh, the projections of lifetime earnings over a high school diploma based on the the degrees that people get. If you get a bachelor's degree, on average, you're going to make 1.2 million more dollars over your lifetime than somebody who ends their education with a high school diploma. Go all the way to the far end of that and talk about people who go to medical school or law school. They're going to make about 3.1 million more dollars over their lifetime than someone who ends their education at a high school diploma. That means there is a huge personal payoff for people who borrow to go to school. They should be the ones who pay for that education in the end. The idea of a loan is, where you don't have the money right now to do something that eventually is going to get you a lot of money. You borrow now, for that investment for the future, and then you pay off over time as your earnings increase. And what we're seeing people in Washington say, in particular Senator Warren Senator Schumer, but there are others, there are members of the House, what they're saying is, no, it's outrageous to have the people who borrowed the money who are making the profit uphold their end of the bargain into which they freely entered by repaying the loan to the taxpayers who are real people, you know, who could have used that money for their own education. Maybe they wanted to start a business. Maybe they have kids they need to take care of, but they're saying, no, the taxpayers should cover the cost of that uh, very lucrative investment in oneself. This is not to say there aren't problems with the student loan program. There absolutely are. They they do give loans to people who do not have uh, demonstrated, they haven't demonstrated much. Uh, likelihood of completing a program. So, they do say to those people, here, take money, go to a college. We don't think you're going to major in something that is going to get you a job. We have a bad feeling you're not going to finish because all the indicators are that you're not really uh, able to complete this, uh, but we're going to give you the money. Yes, those people are in a bad spot, but most people who go to college make this huge profit, and there's absolutely no justification for saying they should not repay the taxpayers' who gave them the money, and I shouldn't really say gave, who had it taken by the
0: government and given to those people. Is there any interest in returning student lending to the private sector?
1: Uh, Well, there's certainly interest... For me, um, their interests, I think, for a lot of libertarians some conservatives, I would hope there are progressives who like it. But unfortunately, returning lending to the private sector has not been a major part of the discussion. Um, there has been some discussion among Republicans in Congress about reducing the number of student loan programs. In part, just to make it less complicated, it is a very complex system because every time there's a problem, rather than reducing the number of programs or simplifying, Congress usually just adds more programs so that it's even more mystifying for somebody who wants to figure out how to pay and how to, or what to borrow, how to repay. Um, there, so there is talk about some reduction Um, In particular, there are programs like uh, plus loans, which you can get in the parent variety or the grad student variety that have basically no limit on what you can take, um, but are also clearly drivers of price inflation for grad students who can draw on however much they need based on what the college is charged. And parents often get saddled with debt that they can't handle. Um, often because they're older, you know, they're not the ones who are going to get the big increase in their earnings. And so there's there are people looking at those sorts of things, reducing those programs, eliminating them. But I haven't seen discussion of moving it all to the private sector, although clearly that is where it should be.
0: Neil McCluskey directs the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom. We spoke last week. Please give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.